0: Hi everybody, this is A.M. Kala, a holistic coach and DJ with connectionism, an advanced introduction into meditation, a new form of guided meditation that utilizes speech, ambient and techno music. A typical week section lasts about 60 to 75 minutes, starting with a talk and moving to the musical section. Find a comfortable position that goes well with you, whatever it is. However, a seated position is recommended as it allows for better blood flow to the brain and back. We will start in a few minutes together. there it's been a very long week for me personally it's been like really a long week and I never I did not have such a long week in a long time interesting enough although we're going through this corona pandemic I don't even know how to call it anymore it became so normal these days It's amazing how adaptive one can be once, you know, one is really kind of forced into it, you know, when there is no choice. And there is no choice, and it's like eventually it gets on and on. I mean, this is the only way to actually be sane, I would say. But in the same time, is the circumstances really stopping me from or being expressive naturally. Are the things that are being said or not said, being done or not done depending on the situation. Or one manages to be themselves regardless of the circumstances. And this is a huge part of meditation. is that am I a result of the circumstances alone? And based on the circumstances, I will be. Which is, this is actually what things are. Like if you have a different, specific upbringing. Or a specific environment. And that environment nurtures one to be one way or the other. But, life in general manages to... I don't know slip us something along the way some people have it like in the early ages some people have it like in the late ages and it's always something like it's like you know what something happened and then it shaped my life apart like oh my god it made me rethink and relook at everything that I thought I know or I thought I believe maybe it's a not maybe, actually. It's usually a crisis if one thinks about it. A your death experience, a death of a loved one, losing a job, uh, I don't know, losing friends or losing a loved one. It's always kind of a crisis that shakes that construct we call I- uh, an identity. And that leads us to kind of think and look in a certain way differently than what we are let's say used to or programmed to now that sounds nice actually it does sound nice however it soon the identity soon reformulates itself based on the newfound knowledge and the newfound circumstances and I feel proud of it for a little bit, for a while, for a long while. And then things go back to the way it were. Things go back to the way they were. And now it could be even a little bit worse, because now I have survived whatever have happened to me. And probably I carry all the badges... pride i did this and i did that regardless of all the circumstances i have broke through i should be proud of myself someone should build a statue (laughs) for me so it seems that the question now i'm asking myself should one be in a constant state of crisis in order for one to be truly humble and truly receptive of life, regardless of one's own picture or image of identity that one has. That's insane to imagine that one could live like that in that way. Or the other option is like, do I really have an identity? And it's the wrong identity, so I have to find the right identity. And then I go search for it. Probably keeping myself busy along the way. So it's like I exchange a game to another game. When a game expires, another game manifests. Or I manifest it. While the system in my head keeps on going and going. It's just like a different version of the same system. Now, a holistic approach to life is life beyond the system, beyond it completely. Because whatever system that functions, whatever system is still limited and it never man- captures life as it is, like nature and the system of the universe, no matter how much we know about it, no matter how much we dig deep into it, no matter how much we cultivate through it, through technology, which is amazing what's happening, and it's amazing what's going to happen. So, in a way, one might feel, based on the previous examples, or previous scenarios we just mentioned, it's like one is actually hopeless. However, because hopeless, why? Because the system that exists... In my brain is gonna exist all the time. And it is part of this organism now. Now, how can I then, how can one be free from it and in it if it's all the always there? Now. We're not saying that it is, or it is not being said that it's, it is bad, because the holistic approach to life is, it's free from judgment. When judgment happens, it, when it takes place, it is observed as is, without judgment, just pure observation, and taken back to the whole, instead of. Becoming the singular point of focus and concentration in one's life, whatever that is, no matter how noble Or how ghetto it is, let's say It's the same So That system, though it may exist My observation of it Or my pure observation Puts it into perspective, rather than operating on it unconsciously. Let's say this again. So, approaching life holistically means that I don't reject or accept anything. It's just like, it's all there. Without the details. You look at the whole map, at the whole view, without a specific point of focus or concentration. Psychologically. So whatever the system is or is not, it's there. I'm looking at it. Not at it for something or against something. I'm just looking at it. And then I see what takes place. What is necessary, what is not. And from there, The system that operates in one's brain, and let's say as a result of the world, because I am the world in operation, whatever pain I feel, maybe the form is different, but I still feel pain, and my brother feels pain, and my cousin feels pain, and the stranger feels pain. Whether Asian, Indian, English, white, brown, whatever color you want to call it, they all feel pain. They all feel joy. And if you talk to them long enough, they might think in a different way, but they still think. And the process of thinking goes in that way. So, approaching my life or approaching life from this point of view holistically is actually exploring the whole human life in one So, how, not how, we're talking about all that. And it's so nice and dandy and fun and it sounds nice and it's like blah, blah, blah. But what will I get from it, regardless of however I'm living my life already? Now the question, or such a question... is a materialistic question. Like, hey, what what will I get? It's like, what will I get from loving you? Like, if you ask that question, that's it, done. There's nothing there. Just like things. But what one is, is like, look at what's happening in your life. Let's look at what's happening. And then let's look, just like, let's look Holistically. Just look. Not even the word. Remove the word holistically. Just look. And watch. The reactions. Thoughts. The feelings. The ideas. The dreams. The way I go. Or the way I don't go. Just look at it. Just just look. The problem resides is that when I look... There is the looker, or when I observe there is the observer. And the observer is the system. And this is where it gets so complicated, yet it's so freaking simple. But that system is functioning, so how can the system looks at itself? Be a, how can the system be aware of itself? Such a heavy, dense question. The question is, let's reformulate it. Can, the, can a system be aware of itself? So the system is the rules I live by. The things that I look at and how they make me think and make me react. The things that I do, and how I do it, and when I do it. My routines, my habits, my patterns. So in a way, I think the beginning of it, since we are in complete, total operation all the time going on, To observe what we're doing, or to just be observant and attentive to every minute, to every bit of every minute. But then that sounds exhausting. It sounds suffocating. As if I'm on alarm, looking or waiting for a burglar to show up. Someone is going to get me. I need to be ready at all times that the thing is such a way of living I would say in that in that perspective that that's just been put out who wants to live like that always on the watch like watching out for something Like you're always living with the enemy, close at hand, yet you can't see it. True. And no matter what one does, it's always there. Kind of, if one thinks about it, like you're always being monitored. is even beyond monitoring is actually everyone is being controlled so what am i controlled by factually fact i'm controlled by the past i'm controlled by the beliefs i'm controlled by how i have been living and i'm controlled by the dreams where their roots are in the past all these ideas and it's so and I'm viewing the world through these views, so through these systems of beliefs and it's all okay until I see the results of it but even these results whatever the results were like unhealthy living Sickness, death also to someone, like let's say, when back in the days when they were raised, like or like when there is racism, and then let's say a white person walks by and they sees a black body on the street, and to them that's so normal, as if they saw a cat, that not that, even that is normal, but it's like just to to put it into perspective. That used to be normal daily living, and it did not generate anything. In terms of like, wait, what is going on? Is this okay? And to many, that wa- that was okay. Because the system was like that. That's how it is. One belongs to that. And as long as I'm safe, I don't have to question anything. Safety. The question is, can a system be aware of itself? Yes. When the system is not safe in and of itself. Because the system, whatever system is, thinks that it's perfect. It's capable of managing everything. And then when that system is jeopardized by some kind of phenomena, and then it became aware of itself. And then, when it becomes aware of itself, it ceases to operate, or it doesn't cease to operate, it ceases to engage. I'm saying this for the first time. So it ceases to engage. And all of a sudden, life is still going on. And there is that energy or that like life beyond the system is revealed in whatever way or form or in how much but it does. Do it. You'll see it. So it's a matter of safety. And if we look, and by the way, like, just to say it, like, don't take anything for, like, whatever I said, like, of course, definitely, I don't think that anyone is taking it as, like, the truth or whatever is like, let's go through it and check it out and see, see, just check it out. Let's let's really do it together, because this is our life, say, like... (laughs) I don't know, like, if this is not the most important, I don't know what is, to be honest. What kids living, like, nurturing them in a failed system, in a system just like that's it, in the same system that we've been living on, even if it was our own system, it's still a system. It's unfair. So what kind of a life are we nurturing? We need to think about that. But let's go back. So safety how much do we operate on the system how much are we how much is the system how much of the system is us let's say or how conscious are we beyond the system in this point i can say that it's how much are we addicted to safety material safety because the system is material doesn't, it doesn't evolve. It is how it is. That's what the system is. It's a structure, right? The system of nature is a system of no system. Is continuously evolving. But the system that we operate on, the kind of based on knowledge and experience and the past, etc., 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 is material. It's tangible in a way. So, how much we are looking for safety through materialism and the system shows how much we are programmed. So, anything, safety, in material materialism, or in the material, which is the thinking process, which is as a result time, because time and thinking is based on knowledge and information, psychologically. And images don't evolve. They are just images. They could be replaced with one or another. But it's not. It's like analog versus digital. Right? Analog is a continuous thing. And digital is always about numbers. Like one number replaces another. So. Hopefully that didn't lose track. But. So. The safety. Into the images. And the thinking. And the analysis and the past, and time. All those create attachment. Attached to the past, or the dreams, or whatever it is. Because all of a sudden, whatever I'm attached to highlights the fact that I cannot live without that, whichever I am attached to. Whatever, whenever it's taken away from me, I'm in a state of panic, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. So is this safe? Is this safety? Is This is the safety that we're pursuing and seeking all the time. Keeping us busy all the time. Engaged, occupied all the time. Replacing from one to another. But is this safety? What kind of safety is this that I always have to keep working for it. I'm not going to go deeper into it. That's it. It's not safe. It's not. Obviously. So, because if it is safety, then slavery is safety. Until the slave owner decides that my life is done and that's it. So as long as my slave owner or the owner is happy with me, then I'm okay. Whatever you want to call that, you want to call that, uh, let's say, it as it is, state, the religion, the, my boss, uh, sometimes my wife, sometimes my family, whatever that is, whatever authority. So if this, all that, let's say, traditional way of living is not safe, so where is the safety? Whatever is limited which attachment is always limited that's why it's an attachment whatever is limited is not safe so what is the limitless is that is there's that which is limitless <laughs> now Why answering the question Who am I? Is such an important question to ask. And at the same time It is so Let's call it not smart to expect an answer. Because Whatever my self is, the moment I put a label on it, it becomes limited. We see this factually. If I call myself from a certain place or another, then it's so hard for that self to exist anywhere else. Whatever job that is, changing a career or changing even the friends that I'm with or whatever it is or the language I use, it's so hard, especially when I'm really attached to it. When, I'm, like, when, when the belief or the system, it, like that's it. It's just limited. So, when one recognizes, or when recognition surfaces up of how much this identity is not serving this organism, and it falls apart, all of a sudden, one's life expands. Because psychologically, it was limited. So, the conclusion is the actual self, is limitless. Not to say that anything else is not limitless, but this is the organism that is there, that it is here. And then we go back to a holistic approach. Because I might not intellectually understand all the information that is in this organism. And who can? Like the DNA is like trillions of data. But holistically approaching it. Freeing the brain from the system, being free through holistically approaching it. That is my safety. My safety is in the unknown, of how comfortable I am with the unknown. Defining the unknown psychologically is probably driven by the fear of death. But I think for that matter, I think it's maybe we can talk about the fear of death on another week because it's getting too long. Probably it's a very good point also to move to music. So to conclude this point, safety is the limitless. and the pure self is limitless, hence we meditate, let's go